0: We also would love to connect with you on our social media, on Instagram and Twitter at KC Ottawa and Facebook at Facebook slash Kingdom Culture Ottawa. We pray that you would experience God today and be encouraged through today's message. Enjoy! Hey Kingdom Culture family, welcome to our Sunday online experience. Thank you so much for tuning in, please. Like, share, subscribe, let us know where you're watching from, uh, You know where you live, how we can support you, how we can pray for you in this season, whether it's on Facebook, Instagram, or on YouTube. Obviously, our YouTube experience is the best experience and I would encourage all of you to hit the subscribe button and the like button, button as it helps us spread the news and encourage more people. So thank you for tuning in. We're so excited that you're with us this morning As you know from last week, we celebrated one year online. It was our one year new online anniversary. We have not met for one whole year in person, yet you're still here. You're still part of the community. You're still connected. And it is amazing to see the strength of an online community grow and build in a season that's hard for so many people. So it's amazing. It's a good testament to your revelation and your understanding of the value of community so keep on kingdom culture. Let's continue to grow strong together and advance as we move forward. Now, last week we talked about part 1 of a two-part Sunday teaching that I really felt I was to do and I've been it's been in my heart for some time now and it's uh it's around the the dirty word or the the so-called dirty word prosperity. And part 1 last week the subject was prosperity isn't a dirty word and we talked about The pathway to prosperity, talking about how it's defined as right believing and simply trusting in God. Period. We talked about it as a mindset, a mindset, how we see ourselves, how we treat ourselves, but also ultimately how we trust in God. Psalms 37, verse 3 says, Trust in the Lord and do good. Then you will live safely in the land and prosper. Okay. We broke, um, it down. We spoke out of uh, the third book of John chapter one to two that was actually written from Ephesus in, uh, 90 AD. John says, beloved, I pray that you may prosper in all things and be in health just as your soul prospers. Remember just as your soul, just as your spirit, just as you're investing and growing your spiritual life. My prayer is that in all things you would prosper and even in your body, even in your health. And so if you look at scripture and you read the old and the new, you see this pattern of these three main focal points of prosperity being material things, being your body, your life, your health, and as well as your soul. I believe the most important part of our prosperity in life is the soul, is the spirit, that in everything else good flows from that. Having a right mindset, having a right focus in life, having a right understanding of whose you are and who God is, that will overflow into all things prospering in your life and will overflow into having a right belief system about the value of your temple, that health is in Important. Okay, so this is what we're talking about and I would encourage you if you didn't watch part one Okay, it's kind of the building point the framework the foundation go back and listen to it Okay, because I'm gonna extend a little bit. I'm gonna I add a little bit of an, ad- an addition to last week's message So we're diving into part two Prosperity isn't a dirty word. Come on. Say it with me prosperity. Isn't a dirty word today We're gonna talk about positioned for prosperity Last week, we talked about the pathway to prosperity based around this word trust, trusting in God, okay, ultimately, and how that affects our mindsets and and all that. But today, we're talking about being positioned for prosperity. I want to read out of Genesis chapter 26. Now, a few weeks ago, you heard me share, as I encouraged us in our giving, out of this chapter, I've been meditating on this for some time now during this I'd say the uh, the beginning of 2021 into now, over, off, and on, just meditating on this scripture and praying that, God, that this would be the silver lining in this season for my kids. My kids are going to grow up in, uh, in an era and a time that's very different than how I grew up because of what's happening as a result of this pandemic. And my prayer is that the silver lining of this pandemic would be that of what happens uh, we, what we read in Genesis chapter 26 that there would be a prosperity over my kids, there would be a prosperity of health, of, of of revelation of who God is. That we're seeing this every day in our household, where our kids are are growing more and more connected in their awareness to who God is it's amazing they're prospering in their soul I mean just last night alone actually I came downstairs and they were all three of my four kids actually one of my kids was at jujitsu three of my four kids were literally doing a class in one of our rooms in the house doing an actual exercise class on their own initiative and it, they did it literally for an hour straight like it was mind-blowing and so we're seeing the values of prosperity of, of health and spirituality in our household. And I, my prayer is that also everything that they touch as a result of those things being healthy would also prosper as well, like we read in chapter, uh, the third book of John. But we're gonna read in Genesis 26 right now. Genesis 26 chapter, uh, or uh, verse one, uh, verse one says this, a severe famine, let's call it pandemic, a severe pandemic, okay? A severe uh, virus, A severe global economic shakedown, okay? A severe famine now struck the land as happened before when influenza happened. No, as happened before in Abraham's time, okay? This is a reference to his father. Talking about Isaac, okay? One of the patriarchs of the faith. We have Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Isaac's in the middle, okay? Isaac's talking about his dad. A severe famine struck the land as had happened before in his dad's time, Abraham. So Isaac, listen to this, moved to Gerar. Moved to Gerar where Abimelech, king of the Philistines, lived. The Lord appeared to Isaac and said, do not go down to Egypt, but do as I tell you. Very important. Live here as a foreigner in this land, and I will be with you and bless you. Now, fast forward to verse 13. When Isaac planted his crops that year, he harvested a hundred times more grain than he planted, for the Lord blessed him. He became very rich, a very rich man, and his wealth continued to grow. He acquired so many flocks of sheep and goats, herds of cattle, and servants that Philistines became the Philistines became jealous of him. Now, although this is talking about rich in resources, rich in wealth, we know that as a definition of what God wants to do in the area of prosperity is not just our material things. Okay. So as I read this scripture, everything that I'm reading, whether you're planting seeds of into your relationships or seeds into future things, so you're planting your time or maybe it's financial, maybe it is investing, whatever the case may be, it can be applied on All things, if you're planting seeds of of life and love into your relationship, well, you're going to see a return on those seeds. You're going to receive a reaping, so to speak, of those seeds. And whatever you sow, you will reap. Okay. So as I speak from this passage today, I want you to get a glimpse of, I'm not just talking about the material side here, okay? That's why I said, go back to part one. Really hear the teaching of how I've broken down a little bit of what we see biblical prosperity as, okay? So once again, it's body, soul, spirit, okay? It's body, soul, spirit, and also all things like I read in the beginning. So here we see that what Isaac planted that year returned to him, was returned to him a hundredfold. A hundredfold. Now, um... This is something that you you may have heard or may not have heard in the financial industry. There's the return of investment and there's the return on investment. We don't just want the return of investment, okay? So you put you know two seeds in the ground, guess what, you get those two seeds back, great. Now, if I put two seeds in the ground, I wanna see two trees grow from those two seeds and on each tree, 500 more seeds. So now all of a sudden, guess what? those two trees turned into 1,000 trees. I wanna receive a return on my investment, which is receiving more than you planted. So if you can buy a stock at you know 10 cents a share, and all of a sudden that stock goes to a dollar, you're gonna not just receive a return of investment, you're gonna receive a return on investment. That's kingdom. So Isaac received both. He received a return of, and on, he got more back than he planted. That's what I'm praying, that's what I'm believing for you in this season. That the silver lining in this season would be in your family, in your health, in your time, your endeavors, your hopes, your dreams, whatever it is that you're believing for in this season. That you would look back and say, man, I stewarded the moment, I seized the moment, like Isaac did, in the time of famine. I didn't just do what my father Abraham did, but I listened to God and I sowed in the time of famine. And as a result, I got more than I sowed. I got a hundred fold. That's my prayer for you to be strategic in this season. Now, this method, okay, this, this is what I would call Isaac's method for prosperity. Isaac's method for prosperity, which I kind of shared two weeks ago, uh, two Sundays ago in our giving. okay? Like I said, I want to go a little bit deeper, but this is a message of getting more out of something than you put in. That's really what it is. It's a message of God takes lemons and turns it into lemonade. It's a message of, you know, God can take all things and bring good out of it if you are called and you believe and you love God. That's just the scripture. You know, he will take anything that's hard and make something epic out of it if you allow him to. So Genesis chapter 26, once again, 1 to 6, let me read it again, just the first part of it. A severe famine now struck the land as happened before in the Abraham's time. Very important that we understand referencing Abraham's time, which we will refer or go back to in a second. So Isaac moved to Gerar. Okay, let's stop there for a second. He moved to Gerar. Isaac could have gone to Egypt. In fact, his first notion was to do what his father Abraham did, and that was go <coughs> to Egypt which I will go through in in a few moments here. But I want to just highlight something very important. It says that in verse 6, he stayed in Gerar. It says in verse 1, Isaac moved to Gerar. So obviously we know that Gerar was the place that he was to stay during this famine. He thought maybe I could escape. Maybe I could do what my dad did, which we'll get into, like I said, in a second. But he chose to stay because of what God said in Gerar. Gerar there's many different ways you can break down the word Garar in the Hebrew okay but some of the things I want to highlight as far as definitions it's important because every every name has a, a purpose and, and a reason okay so Garar means to strive or agitate okay it's not by means of one singular assault but rather by repeated provocations and withdrawals in other words, This is a place where there's going to be challenge. This is a place where there's going to be maybe strife, contention. This is a place there's going to be maybe hostility. This is a place it's going to be hard. There's going to be some opposition, okay? There's some strife that is going to stir up in you. It also could mean a place where you temporarily abide. You temporarily abide. In other words, this place of struggle is not forever. This place of pandemic, this place of um, When is the world going to go back to normal? It's not forever. We don't know how long it's going to be But it's a place of opposition. It's a place of what feels like hostile at times. There's strife. There's contention. There's tension, okay, and so we're going to talk today about how Isaac positioned himself for prosperity in a time where it was deemed probably uh, not very likely. Number one, Number one, first key on how Isaac positioned himself for prosperity was he listened. Write that down. He listened. He listened. Are you listening to God in this season? As a a house, as kingdom culture, one of our core um, teachings and values is that God still speaks today. We're never going to escape that. God still speaks today. Do we hear and recognize God perfectly? No, but we're on a journey. We're on a journey of learning his voice through his word and also through his now word, which we call the rhema word in the Greek, where he's communicating to us in our every day. He is our every day bread. Give us this day our daily bread. He is the bread that's fresh every day. His voice is fresh every day for us. So number one, write this down. Isaac listened. First key to being positioned for prosperity is listen. Genesis 26, it says in verse two, That the Lord appeared to Isaac and said, okay, he spoke this, do not go down to Egypt. So don't go where you're going to go. Don't do what you're going to do. You think rationally, okay, we're in a pandemic. I'm going down to Florida. (laughs) You think rationally we're in an economic shakedown. I'm taking all my money out of all the investments or or, I don't know, whatever it is for you. We, we, We have a rational response to crisis. That's okay. A logical reaction to crisis. But there are moments where logical reactions and rational responses will not get us the return on investment. They might get you back your return of investment, but not the return on investment. And you will not get your return on investment often if you take out what is the actual investment, which is the return of investment, okay? Just follow me here for a second. The Lord says to Isaac and said, Do not go down to Egypt, but do as I tell you. Live here, he says in verse three, as a foreigner in this land, and I will be with you and bless you. Then he goes on for the next several verses talking about the promise that that he had given to Abraham of the crazy blessing, the crazy inheritance, that I'm gonna multiply your descendants like the stars. It's gonna be crazy. It's gonna last forever. You You have a long lasting line. A blessing that's going to come. Wherever you put your feet, I'm going to be there. I'm going to give it to you. And he goes through this. And in the end of this, in verse 6, it says, So Isaac stayed in Gerar. So here he's tempted to do, to do what his father did, which I said I'll get into in a few moments. Just bear with me. Um, but he chose to listen. He chose to lean in. And he ended up staying. After hearing God's explanation of God's promise, I'm going to take that promise that was on your dad, That has not been fulfilled yet. And it will be filled, continued in you. Continued in your next generation. Continued in your descendants. In your grandkids. In your great-grandkids. In your great-great-grandkids. It's going to be continued. Just follow my word. Listen to me. If you want to prosper in times where it makes no sense to prosper. In whatever area it is, you guys. Now, once again, don't hear me talking about, oh, Sean's just talking about. You know the prosperity of material things. Now I'm not talking about that. Okay, I'm using I'm, I'm 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 using this scripture to help us see the value of what it looks like to lean into God in hard times, in famine-oriented times. Okay, so Isaac stayed in Gerar. He stayed in that place of challenge, strife, which we'll explain in a minute. And as a result, he. Prospered. Listening is key. I can't tell you how many times in my own journey with God where I was tempted to exit a season or tempted to exit uh, a moment prematurely because it was hard. There was strife. There was contention. There was opposition. And because I listened and didn't do what my mind or my rational or my logic self wanted to do, that God prospered me in some way, shape, or form. Maybe it was relationally. Maybe it was with my health. I mean, I can't tell you how many times. I mean, some of you know my health journey. I competed three times in provincial uh, uh, champion bodybuilding championships in one year. I did three shows. And I mean, every time I'm in the middle of the journey, I wanted to quit every time, every time, but I didn't. And just for just for my own sake, my own mental health, I chose to to listen. I chose to lean in, not give in, not give up. And as a result, I am so thankful for what God has done in my life as a result of not giving in to what makes the most sense. And so we have to listen. Listen to that intuition. Listen to God when it makes no sense. Number two, Isaac, wait, the second key of how he positioned himself for prosperity was. Isaac did things different, okay? Now, this is where I'm going to reference the whole Abraham piece, okay? He did things different. Go back to chapter 26, verse 1. A severe famine now struck the land as happened before in Abraham's time, okay? To understand what he's talking about, you have to read Genesis chapter 12, verse uh, verse 1 and then into verse three 10 verse one of chapter 12, the Lord had said to Abram, leave your native country, your relatives and your father's family and go to the land. that I will show you once again, Abram, the father was modeling this listening. Okay. He's listening. I'm going to leave everything that I know to be um, valuable. Uh, that represents security for me, stability. It's my home life. God's calling me out in you know a whole new journey. It's like, you know, Eduardo leaving Brazil, Or leaving Connecticut to come to Canada, you know, cold, frozen Canada. Only three years in to be stuck in a pandemic, you know. But but God knew. God knew there would be challenges. And so here Abraham is told to leave, to go. And then it says in verse 10, Genesis chapter 12, At that time, a severe famine struck the land of Canaan forcing Abram to go down to Egypt where he lived as a foreigner. Now, Abram also, when he changed his name to, God changed his name to Abraham, also prospered. Okay, he became very, 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 very wealthy. And Abraham went down to Egypt in the time of famine. So when it says about Isaac... that, that a, a severe famine happened like it happened before in Abraham's time, it's very important that we see that because we can see that Isaac probably wanted to do what his father did. Because he probably wanted to repeat the pattern of a previous generation thinking that if my dad did it, time of famine, I must have to do it. No, but every generation has to do things different. Not for the sake of doing things different, but because often the methods are changing. And Isaac's method of, of, of prosperity was not Abraham's method of prosperity. Isaac had to listen, had to do things different, had to lean into what God was saying to him. I, I, you, you cannot win in life and be a carbon copy of somebody else. I say this all the time. Comparison is a calling killer. Comparing yourself against somebody else that you see on Instagram, on social media, I need to be like this or be like that. No, you need to do what God's called you to do. I think it's very dangerous when we think that someone else's journey is going to be our journey. I can tell you how, I tell you how many times people have said to me, like, Sean, I'm, I'm inspired by your journey and how you got to where you got. You know, I didn't go through the this typical filters that everyone goes through to get to do what I'm doing today. My life is not necessarily a prototype or a, or a, a form to follow. You've got to follow your own form. You gotta figure out what's your path because your path is not my path, my path, not your path. Yes, it may be similar and yes, sometimes it might be even almost the same at some level. There's always gonna be different variations and so it's dangerous when we begin to compare ourselves and try to just copy another person's journey and expect the same results. I mean, Isaac's kids tried to do this. This is, I mean, Isaac, same guy we're talking about, his kids, Jacob and Esau tried to do this and it didn't go well. Okay, you know the story of Jacob and Esau, twin brothers, at odds. There was strife, there was tension. And Jacob wanted the blessing of the firstborn that was rightfully Esau's. And so Jacob dressed himself up like his brother. Okay, to receive a blessing from his father, to deceive Isaac, who was going blind, to give him the firstborn blessing, the spiritual blessing. Yes, he got the birthright from his brother. You know, by using his hunger against them. We know that story, and I don't want to go there. If you don't, sorry, but I'm not going to go there. But he, he, the principle of the story was he dressed himself up as a hairy man, because Esau was very hairy, hairy, because he knew that if he could make his father Isaac, because he was blind, believe that he was actually his brother, which was the firstborn Esau, who rightfully in that culture got the blessing. If he could convince Isaac that, that was uh, Jacob was actually Esau, he would get the spiritual blessing bestowed upon him. And that's what he did, but he did it in a very decept, in a very deceptive way. And often just like that story, we in the body of Christ are trying to dress ourselves up like our Christian brother or Christian sister, thinking that if I just do what he did or look like he, how he looks or act the way that he acts, that I will receive a blessing from God the Father and somehow I'll twist God's arm to see me like he sees so-and-so. That is not going to work out for you very well. Be you. Be on your journey. Be present with God on your journey. Let God be present with you on your journey and watch what God does not only do we have to listen we have to do things different do things the way God's telling us to do them number three he had to overcome Isaac overcame jealousy strife and hostility jealousy strife and hostility Genesis chapter 26 verse 12 to 21 says when Isaac planted his crops that year he harvested a hundred times more grain than he planted for the Lord blessed him It says that he became a very rich man and his wealth continued to grow. He acquired so many flocks of sheep and goats, herds of cattle and servants that the Philistines became jealous of him. So now we see the influence of his prosperity now creates a jealousy. It creates a little bit of tension. Remember, he's in Gerar, okay? This place of strife and tension and contention. Verse 15, so the Philistines filled up. They were mad. All of Isaac's wells with dirt. These were the wells that had been dug by the servants of his father, Abraham. Finally, Abimelech ordered Isaac to leave the country. Go somewhere else. We don't want you here. You're too much of a threat. You're you're overwhelming us. Your influence is growing too big. Your prosperity is growing too big. Go somewhere else, he said, for you have become too powerful for us. Verse 17. So Isaac moved away to the Gerar Valley. Okay, he went to the valley, the Gerar Valley, where he set up their tents and settled down. He reopened the wells his father had dug, which the Philistines had filled in after Abraham's death. Isaac also restored restored the names of Abraham, the names Abraham, Abraham had given them. Isaac's servants also dug in the Gerar Valley and discovered a well of fresh water. Verse 20. But then the shepherds from Gerar, okay, came and claimed the spring. This is our water, okay? Has that ever happened to you? where you know you're 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 breaking through and people start getting in the way of you able to advance and you able to continue momentum continue to prosper <clears throat> these guys these shepherds claimed that it was their water they said and they argued over it okay they argued over it with Isaac's herdsmen so Isaac named the well Eshek which means argument then verse 21 Isaac's men then dug another well But again, there was a dispute over it. So Isaac named it Sitna, which means hostility. So here we see in this place of prosperity, his influence begins to grow. As your influence begins to grow, I'm going to prophesy to you. Expect strife. Expect jealousy to come at you. Expect tension. Expect resistance, opposition. Expect hostility expect maybe moments of disagreements and disputes like we see here as your influence begins to grow people don't like your prosperity people don't want you to win there are people out there that are trying to tear you down hope that you're going to fail just waiting it's like you know it's really sad to me because sometimes in the past you know i've had conversations with people when Something came out on the news or whatever about so and so, and they, you know, they fell into this or they totally destroyed their whole business or their whole ministry, their whole church because of a bad decision. And they said, and their response is like, see, I told you so. It's almost like they were expecting and waiting. Whether or not they're right in the sense of that that you know that like it was gonna happen and that they they felt it was gonna happen and they're right, is irrelevant. It's the fact that it's almost like there's a rejoicing happening. And that's scary. People want people to fail in this life. And as spiritual people that love Jesus, man, our heart should be for restoration. Our heart should be for reconciliation. Our heart should be to encourage people to win. And when they fail, we do whatever we can to pray. We do whatever we can to lift them up, to be their form, to support them, but not to champion the failure, not to champion the the fallout, but to encourage and champion them to get back up again and keep on fighting, people want you to fail. So here we have Isaac, he's wrestling on, as he's positioning himself to continue to prosper because there's one thing to begin to prosper, but to continue to prosper is a whole other thing. You have to wrestle and war to keep your ground. This is the thing, you might get, get a breakthrough. You might break through an invisible ceiling in your life. Like I mentioned last week, you might break through, but the next breakthrough that you need is the breakthrough of strength to keep and maintain your ground so you don't lose what you've gained, so you don't lose what God has allowed you to acquire in life. This word for, they argued over it, is something that is described as clinging to strife or to be difficult. There was a difficult, it was a difficult moment, okay, a difficult moment. We have, actually, it's funny because the part where there was this, is it verse 21? It says, Isaac's men then dug another well, but then again, there was a dispute over it. Okay, so they had a breakthrough, dug another well. There was a dispute over it. It says so, so Isaac named that well Sitna, which actually means hostility. This is where we get the name Satan from, okay? Listen, literally, this is the, the war that we are in, okay? We are at a war to maintain the grounds that we're breaking through in in life, whether it's your business whether it's your family, your relationships, every area of your life, your finances, you're in a battle of, of breaking through into the strength to maintain what you are winning in or what you have broken through in. You're at a war to maintain it. and At the core of it, the core of the most hostile of moments is the nature and character of Satan, who is the accuser, who attacks. John 10, 10, I said this last week, he is the accuser, the one who has come to kill, steal, Take away and destroy. What were they doing here? Every time he was breaking through, digging a well, they were taking it from him. They were taking the well. They were taking the resources. They were taking the water. What did Isaac do? Positioning himself in prosperity. He didn't give up. He didn't give in. He kept on moving. He kept on actually digging. That's the key. You want to win? Keep on digging. Someone takes your well? Keep on digging. Someone takes your well? Dig another well. Someone takes you know your job? Get another job. Someone you know takes this, takes that. Go after. Whatever you need to go after to keep on moving forward. Don't just accept it and say, oh, this is my lot in life. I'm going to always keep losing. I'm going to always, never going to win. No, get back up and fight another day. I'm speaking as a motivational speaker right now to you. Don't quit. Don't give in. I heard this statement one time by this, this social media influencer who talked about his obsession with losing. His obsession with uh, his obsession with losing just so that all the people that are waiting for him to lose and not win can see him win as he continues to develop the strength he needs in losing to show them that in the end he's going to win anyways and I love that and the premise you didn't use those kind of choice words but the premise is is that sometimes we need to lose a little bit to grow our strength, and our perspective so we can win even bigger in another season. All loss is not bad loss. God has to prune the tree so we can grow more fruit. But every time a fruit gets pruned, sometimes it hurts and we're like, ah, I don't know if I can handle this. But it's only preparation and a setup for more fruit. So if someone takes your well, dig another well. If you lose your job, go after getting a better job. Just don't give into this mentality and this mindset That's outside of a prosperity mindset that God wants to give you the best. That's his heart for you. He came, John 10 verse 10, to give you a life super abundant. That's the word, an abundant life. The word is super abundant, overflowing with excess. We broke it down last week. If you haven't heard it, go back and listen to it. Number four, last point. He did not, I feel like I've already said this already. He did not give up. He did not give up. Isaac was positioned for prosperity because he did not give up. Genesis chapter 26, verse 22. Abandoning that last well that he lost, okay? He moved on. They stole that last well. There was a dispute, remember, okay? Satan, sitna. That's where we get the word Satan from, okay? At the core of that, hostility. Abandoning, Abandoning that last well, Isaac moved on and dug another well. I love this. He's dug another well. This time, there was no dispute over it. In other words, eventually you're gonna win. So Isaac named that place Rehoboth, which means open space. For he said at last, the Lord has created enough space for us to prosper in this land. We can't forget all the way back to the very first point. How did he get to this place? He listened. Didn't go down to Egypt like his father did. Didn't do as his father did, did things different. Moved through, handled, embraced, resistance, hostility, arguments, disputes, disagreements, eventually dug another well and eventually found that open space where he could keep on prospering. It moves on to continue to to describe what happens and how God re-promises again this whole promise of of Abraham's blessing and that the promise over his dad is going to come on to him. He describes this and it says in verse 26, one day King Abimelech came from Gerar. This is the guys that pushed him out, okay? They pushed him out into the valley. One day, King Abimelech came from Gerar with his advisor, Ahuza, and also Picol, his army commander. Verse 27, why have you come here? Isaac asked. You obviously hate me since you kicked me off your land. They replied, we can plainly see. I love this. This is like redemption, you guys. This is redemption, okay? I love this. They replied, we can plainly see that the Lord is with you. So we want to enter into a sworn treaty with you. Let's make a covenant. Like, how did it go from hostility, dispute, opposition, jealousy, your influence is too big, we don't like your prosperity, kicking you out of the land, to now all of a sudden, okay, clearly you're unstoppable. You somehow have this ability to not give in and not give up. You just keep digging another well. We take your well, you dig another well. You you know, we kick you out, you move over here. You just keep prospering. This is the thing. He was positioned for prospering because he had a mindset to prosper. This is the key to prosperity. He trusted God at his core, of course, in this whole process, but he had a mindset that no matter where he was, just like Joseph, he was going to prosper. And eventually, this is the the key, you guys. Eventually, the people that are against you, trying to tear you down, blow you up, are gonna come to you and be like, okay, clearly, we see that God is with you because your foundation in all of this has stayed strong. It's not cracked. It's not broken. Yeah, there's maybe some fractures along the way, but you are stronger than ever. Clearly, God is with you. You know, the the moment when all the people that are against you come back to you and say, okay, you know, we're sorry, Let's, let's have like, let's have relationship, is the moment of incredible, incredible restoration, reconciliation, And freedom because it's the moment when all of a sudden finally people see the God in you when they couldn't before I love this I love this so they replied we can plainly see that the Lord is with you so we want to enter into a sworn treaty with you let's make a covenant I love it go down to verse 29 swear that you will not harm us not because they're actually kind of nervous Swear that you will not harm us just as we have never troubled you which not really is not totally true we have always treated you well and we sent you away from us in peace and now look how the lord has blessed you so isaac prepared a covenant feast celebrate the treaty and they ate and drank together early the next morning they took a solemn a solemn oath not to interfere with each other i love this i love this so much god wants us to prosper and the last point is that isaac did not give up so we had number 1 he listened number 2 he did things different Number three, he did not, he, he overcame jealousy, strife, and hostility. And number four, he did not give up. He walked in these four truths and God prospered what he planted. Let me close with this. Galatians chapter six, verse seven. Don't be misled. You cannot mock the justice of God. You will always harvest whatever you plant. That's all we need to hear. We will harvest whatever we plant. If it's good, we're gonna harvest good. If it's bad, we're gonna harvest bad. We will harvest what we plant. Don't be misled. You can't mock the justice of God. Whatever you sow, you will reap. And in a time of famine, with the right mindset, the silver lining is this. You are gonna come out better and on top. Your business is gonna get stronger, your marriage, your family, your health, but it's all it all starts in the mindset of having a prosperous mindset that God wants you to win in Jesus' name. Let me pray for you. Jesus, I just pray right now, wherever we are, that you would overwhelm us with love, grace, and mercy. That God, you would show us how much you want us to prosper. That prosperity is not a dirty word. and That you're truly redeeming and an understanding of, of, of true biblical and God-centered, Jesus-centered prosperity. Touching our bodies, our souls, all the things that we touch. In this season, God, I pray that as a culture, those that are watching, those that will watch it later on, that we would come into this understanding of that that, that, that this season has an amazing silver lining, that everybody has the potential and the opportunity to come out in some way, shape, or form. Any of the three that I've already mentioned, on top prospering in their life in Jesus' name. God, heal us. Set us free. God, heal us emotionally, mentally. Strengthen our core. God, show us who you are in a way that we've never seen before in Jesus' name. Amen. We love you. Hope this encouraged you. And we will see you next week, Kingdom Culture. Man, what an incredible experience. Prosperity, we're all called to prosper. And if you heard this message, you're like, man, I want more of Jesus. I wanna meet this Jesus. I wanna know who Jesus is. It says in Romans 10 that all you need to do is believe in your heart and confess with your mouth that Jesus was raised from the dead and you shall be saved. And so there's nothing complicated about it. It's just about following up on a daily relationship with Jesus. And so I just wanna invite you to say this prayer with me Jesus, I thank you for your love. Mm-hmm. I thank you for dying on the cross for me. And I thank you for being raised to life again. And I choose to say yes to you every day. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Awesome. If you said yes to Jesus Come today, on. we celebrate you. Yes. We want to partner alongside Let's with go, you. Let's go, baby. So please email prayer at kingdomculture.ca yeah. and let us know. And we want to partner with you in that Absolutely. decision and walk this new life with you. Yeah. Thanks for joining us today, guys, and we'll see you next week. Next week, bright and early.